0: Hey, this is Gwithane. Um back again after a little bit of an absence, and I got a couple things to talk about. Uh, one thing is that I recently called in to Larry Hamilton's Follow Me and Die uh, podcast. when He was talking about uh, mules in the dungeon, and I'm going to talk a little bit about my definitions and use of Mega Dungeon, and the adventures in my game that aren't in the Mega Dungeon. All right, um, Larry had a, was talking about um, playing mules in dungeons, which I'm sure is related to mules and coal mines, um, which was a thing. Um, and I told him about a player I had in my game who travels around with a small golem, and this is not you know a tallow-sized iron golem. This is more like having uh, warforged as a member of the party. Um, and he had a flat refusal to utilize any of the routes throughout the dungeon that might have been difficult for a 600 pound plus armor, um, automaton to be walking through. When they had to double back, when the corridor looked like, um, the flooring was unstable, Refused to go anywhere it involved ladders. And then there was one occasion where they found a hole, saw something valuable at the bottom of it in an area that was probably anti-magical and just refused outright to go anywhere near it. Um, I'm used to players breaking situations by coming up with bizarre ways to get past something or flat-out refusing to bite the hook. But, you know, it, it's funny to see someone block their own advancement in that kind of way because it had been an established thing and he's played through different parts of my dungeon before that the majority of the routes around are through these well shafts that have ladders in them where the upper level is you know like about three feet up in the air with a a cap on it to keep flooding from getting into the lower levels of the dungeon So, there are going to be areas where there are actual stairs and only limited areas. Primarily areas where there's heavy drainage and whatnot to keep from flooding the lower levels when it rains up above. Um, Leaving that aside, I mean, Larry had some suggestions saying that maybe, you know, the character had previously played through, the, the player had been through a situation where. That kind of thing was not good, but, you know, where they didn't want to be separated from, basically, their tank. Um, The other thing is that I recently re-stumbled upon something that was a major inspiration for my game, which was Dragon Magazine number um, 80, which had a couple of things in it. One that was, you know, a nice way to spice up descriptions of treasure. Um, and also, and that was an article by, let me pull this thing up. I uh, don't own a copy at this time. It, I had originally gotten it as a uh, part of a su- subscription I had, and it was one of the things that got lost when my storage unit got flooded out a couple of years back. Um, rare and rare and wondrous was the article, which was, you know, a percentile table for describing jewelry. Not bad. Um, still better than the, you know, dungeon-inspired, you know, you find a 10,000-gold-piece diamond with nothing else fancy about it, you know, and a silver necklace. And, of course, that was Ed Greenwood's thing, so I'm sure these are all fog room-specific doodads. But more particularly was the... Um, the adventure in the centerfold of the magazine, which was uh, Barnicus uh, City in Peril. Let me get the author's name on that, because that's always important. Barnacus, Barnacus. It was designed by Francois Nattel. Um, bully for him. I used this thing for a while as as a foundation for how to do run a city for ages. It had all kinds of things, like from traffic laws and... Uh, slightly more specific random encounters than the DMG's city encounter table. And it had a dungeon built in the sewer system that was one of those uh, kind of a point crawl setup. There were mini dungeons or a couple of rooms at a time that were like half a mile apart from each other down long corridors, which is kind of what I got going on in, in Northport. The um, setup there is that while the upper works have got these really broad, you know, 12 foot wide corridors all across the place that were designed for, um, basically, uh, transport of servants and and goods between area, between the major houses without having them to be seen on the surface which, you know, I pointed out in my earlier podcast had to do with the preponderance of dragons in the area. Um, you know, why the hell build down in the first place? But there are also little tiny sublevels attached to that, you know, every block of houses that had a common garden between them would also have a common basement between them. They'd have, you know, like a root cellar that you could access via ladder and trapdoor. Beneath the, the the townhouse, and then <clears throat> it'd have a door into the common basement, which was you know a 30 by 60 foot room or something bigger than that, since most of the row houses were you know 15 by th- by by 25 or some something like that. Um, so there'd be these large rooms inside that had. Uh, connecting doors out to each of the the mini basements and at the end of that would be a gate that led out into one of these major causeways so the upper level is full of these things and here and there you got people who bricked off the entrance to the common basement after during in plague time some dead were buried there that didn't rest well um, and primarily the only people who are using this upper conduit are um, the orcs who work for the uh, Northport Department of Aqueducts and Sewers and keep the place clean, hauling off the bodies that get that find their way down there and feeding them to the otugs that um, are in pens on the second level, whose job is to dispose of solid waste so it doesn't build up and clog the joint. Um, There have been a lot of problems with the OTUGs. There was a major revolt by them at one point when after they didn't get fed for a couple of weeks. And we lost a lot of orcs during that. But, you know, so somewhere presumably in the basement, the deeper levels, there is an OTUG breeding pen um, from which they get these suckers to, these tentacled little mini horrors to go eat stuff. I've had characters interact with them on a couple of occasions. And that same character who's got the golem has got one following him around right now. He, I mean, they... He, he had a thief type with him. He said, go take care of that uh, noise down the hallway. So it happened to be a um, sewer worker pushing a cart full of dead rats and things. And it was bringing to the otiog pen. And he went and cut his throat. Um, and then they used his key and let the otiog out. Which is going to create its own problem. This is almost as good as the other group that have a magical gate to the dreamlands um, underneath their property that uh, uh, the hole kind of came out of, which has now introduced a, essentially a purple worm to the random encounters. <clears throat> and i got to find ways for it to get um, down to the lower levels, and I think that's going to happen by one of these areas with the bad flooring. Um that of course happened to have wrecked um the hold on a moment my neighborhood is loud that happened to have wrecked the uh skiff that the mid mid being the a um an elder creature that came from the heretic works um blog by garrison james um i did a bunch of blog posts about it and a painting, and if you go to my blog, you'll be able to find all of that easily using the tag Yamid, or um, Swords and Wizardry Appreciation Day. I think it's the first place, uh, the first tag that ties to it, um, and it's this otherworldly saucer with an eyeball for a head, and I had him, they, they travel between dimensions and are very curious, and at the moment, one group of characters sort of has it moved in with them after they rescued it from some spiders and um, anyway, it had built this gate, which had led to the vale of Panath, um, which is why I'm, and they dealt with some ghouls and a gas that came through. but <coughs> the uh, dole or a bowl bHOLE, um, is now loose somewhere in the dungeon. <coughs> And they were able to calculate from the amount of time it took to pass by a door they were up against, feeling it press against the door, that it's probably close to 100 feet long. So that's going to be a fight for somebody. Um, And it ripped through a bunch of gates as it went through. So that's going to cause further problems as those things get around. As the things the gates keep out, like Slorn, which are... A fruit, uh, eight-legged, fire-breathing dino- uh, dragon-like lizards, or poison-spitting, or what have you, um, that are a common mid-range foe in uh, GURPS Dungeon Fantasy. Um, we got rats, we got giant mange rats, which are like poisonous porcupines, occasionally undead versions of the same. In any case, gates being smashed through, there's going to be more stuff drifting around. Um, A lot of change in the encounter tables. Um, So the the Amid was traveling by, he had a skiff of some buoyant material that levitated like a foot off the ground and was steered by using his wizard staff, parked in part of it. Um, it kind of got crushed on the way in so they're gonna be now going on some mini-quests trying to find alchemical materials to repair it with um, so you can go home uh, Now defi- definitions of a mega dungeon have often included that it is essentially the tentpole location of a campaign and there really isn't anything else to do outside of the mega dungeon That's well and good if you're doing something like Dwemer Mount, where the only reason you'd be going further afield outside of the dungeon is to sell stuff, because the nearby town can't process all the loot you're bringing out. Likewise, they can't manufacture the kind of material you need, so there'd be some really small trips going from the small town that's nearby out to the bigger city, but there's not a lot of other adventure there. Um, on the other hand, I've been running a couple of outdoor adventures. I had one hex crawl where the, a uh, bunch of people went into the lost land next door, which, um, around the time of the plague, which was kind of brought about by, um, the movements that caused the war, um, the kingdom was lost for want of a horseshoe nail, essentially, that the, um... The soldiers were working without pay, and the prince finally got some funds headed out their way, and they got stolen. And after a while, the the troops revolted and stopped fighting, and the orcs won. Um, kind of creating a lesserton and more like situation, but I'd written this up before I'd read that. Um, which is, of course, you know, the, the, the land who... Uh, it's a city, a pair of cities, that exist in an area where the goblinoids won the war. And essentially, everybody you meet is going to be part orcish, even though they're going to deny it left, right, and center. And that's kind of a thing in Northport as well, since um, after the plague a lot of mercenary companies came to the city, um, mostly kind of trying to repopulate, but the problem is there were a lot less women around, and the result of which is that there's some really heavy duty laws protecting women, and there's a lot less concern about what ancestral background you come from. So, there's a lot of mixed marriages, and a lot, um, as well as A lot of same-sex marriages out there as well. Uh, Recently had a player come on who... Oh, and this leads back into the business of expeditions outside. Um, And, you know, after that batch of characters went out and found the hidden treasure that was the lost pay train for the soldiers that never got paid in a lich's tomb, um, they decided to go off on another adventure and i'd had a character a player want to join who wanted to play a member of nobility and his husband i'm like great we got uh, an ally situation built it, baked into the rules you can just run two characters that way just so it'll cost one of the characters a few development points that's fine so they both ended up being uh knights with high end um So a little bit of social status and good looks, which is what he'd asked for in the build. And, you know, charisma costs and it's not a dump stat in this game um, since you have to buy into it. And it became very useful because when the small group of people he was with were in the middle of butchering a civil servant's uh, bully boys and the town guard came through, he was able to schmooze them out of it very very neatly. And, of course, you know, like in many circumstances, after I build someone's character and get them started, they leave. So, those two are now NPCs are going to be occasionally encountered. But one of the things is that, as his background, um, he was the baronet of a place called Verone. Now, I've got a faux medieval France situation happening. So... I'm, you know, looking up random words in Google Translate and coming up with places. You know, there was, there had been a prior hex crawl that was out to an abandoned abbey. um, No relation to the abbey of uh, St. Quid from um, Wormskin. I recommend you pick that up. Um, My blog has a wonderful little post talking about the excellent customer service from Necrotic Gnome. Um... But there's also, I worked up a little bit about the place this guy's from. So he was the heir, so he's got a courtesy rank of Baronet, which, you know, GURPS Dungeon Fantasy doesn't play much with status because it's not really pertinent to the dungeon bashing, but the game I run has got a little bit more of that going of the social element happening. So. His sister ended up taking over the uh, inheriting um, because he didn't want to get into an arranged marriage. And she was willing to. Why did we need to have an arranged marriage? Why do we still have these problems? Um, during the time of plague, the Verones um, surf population was decimated. And they can barely keep the place afloat. I mean, you know, you've got nobody working there. You can't raise taxes. You can't garner any taxes. There's no money. There's no economy the place is going to fall into ruin. So she ended up marrying the heir to the baron from the barony next door. And he moved his people in, and he turns out to be an asshole. And um, all of the guard that were loyal to her brother and her family left and became bandits, kind of Robin hood Meanwhile, the people he's got in aren't protecting the populace, they're just taxing them. So, rather than, since they tried to get anybody useful near them to do a task and couldn't, because nobody likes um, the new Baron, they sent out to the Adventurer's Guild, maybe hoping to get um, this fine-looking knight and his companion to come back down and take care of the problem, which is that they've got a rampaging beast that's causing all kinds of problems. So my crew that um, inadvertently created the lich's tomb as an adventure site because their bar did not know when to shut up um, is now heading down to slay the beast of Verone for a reward the, hold on a moment I can't stand this alright um, so they're heading down to Verone to do that And on the way they've already met a bunch of dolmenwood um specific characters a party of four a woodgrew a grimalkin a moss dwarf and one of the frost elves now the elves in dolmenwood are a lot more like dcc elves since they're vulnerable to iron and for some reason none of the fairy creatures in dolmenwood like silver at all they're kind of repelled by it it doesn't you know, do them extra damage or anything, only, um, the equivalent of, um, Meteoric Iron in GURPS Dungeon Fantasy does, you know, Cold's Forged Iron, which is, makes for shittier weapons, but harder to obtain, but it's one of those things where you, hey, my, my opponent takes double damage from this shit, great, um, and they've got all kinds of peculiar quirks. I have a long post about the equivalent translation into GURPS. And if you buy essentially any product from uh, Gavin Norman, you end up getting a free copy of this thing. If you're buying Wormskin Number 1 or um, any of the later books, there's a way to get that as a part of the package. And I recommend doing it. He makes a beautiful book. <clears throat> and he has it as part of the BX Essentials line, which is now um, old-school essentials, trying not to um, throw off potential newcomers to the genre from not knowing what the fuck BX is. Um, anyway, um, they ran into a couple of them, got annoyed at the wood kind of compelling someone to dance, and I kind of pointed out that the woodgrew is kind of compelled to play and it's a side effect that it happens to anyone else but they moved on and they just met the stag of Verone so Verona's got a number of unique creatures the stag is sort of a low-key forest spirit that um, they they met it and were nice to it and received the blessing whereas if they shot it and eaten it they would have been cursed and more so it would have gotten up the next day half eaten and carried on it wouldn't have been undead it would have just been in the process of restoring itself but um there's going to be another expedition into verone as i have um in my culturally appropriating uh, portion of the game Going after, uh, I've got I had a bunch of characters, players who wanted to play Samusha-based characters, and okay, so we've got uh, little Sahood and if those who remember GURPS Bane Storm or um, the original Second Edition Fantasy know that Sahood is um, a shitty amalgam of all Asian cultures, blended into one ugly. Um, clon- uh, colonistic viewpoint lump but essentially the same as the D&D Oriental Adventures setting. Um, I'm sure this is gravely offensive but it's like people wanted to play ninjas and they didn't work in faux Europe so they're working in faux Southeast Asia. Um, It's an inappropriate thing to do and I would never publish anything with it, but this is a handful of people who asked for it, and so they have it. They work for OMO, who is a former head of the um, Adventurer's Guild, and he is, you know, someone had said, you know, this is a job for player characters once, that if you've got important NPCs, what the fuck are the characters doing then? Well, the NPCs are tied up with fucking paperwork is what it what it comes to in this game. Um, he is very much involved in the civic aspects of what's going on with his people le- living in this foreign land and trying to make sure things work well for them. He's got his own enemy was you know, headed a rival clan of ninjas and was attacking them repeatedly. They're been all kinds of disasters about that. Um, the other guy had a gig where he was shipping home the bodies to be buried on their native soil and, you know, had them inappropriately stored for a while while waiting for a ship. And some demon that got unleashed ended up reanimating them. And I had like two different, two or three different sets of groups of characters end up fighting them. And you know that that got cleaned up but it gave this guy a bad rep and Sakemoko, the um fellow that the pcs worked for has been trying to smooth things over in the community when this guy had um an army attack his place and the pcs gutted them all he went and arranged for all the funerals and set up stipends for the widows and things like that and has now cornered the market at an office of handling that kind of affair, as well as, you know, he's got taken gambling houses and does imports and back to Verone as as an area that grows rice, he is arranging for shipments of rice to Little Sahood and Northport, um, because trying to get the shit shipped overseas is not really that functional or reliable. So he's trying to keep his people in as reasonable a level of comfort as possible while profiting. And he's also sending the the group of adventurers, you know, I proposed that he was attending to this, and they were like, and they immediately all signed up. Hey, shit, I was just making it a background thing. But they all went for it, so they're going to be heading out into Verone. Um, guarding some wagons that are going to be bringing things like spices and materials from home that the Saudis peasants working the land are not going to have access to. And they're going to make an arrangement to um, buy the rice harvest from this miserable asshole Baron and um, discover along the way maybe what he's been doing. you know. And at the same time, they're not going to be confronting the beast of their own, which the other party is already in halfway to, um but they're going to see some other aspects of the place on the way and it's going to be that much more alien to them because that's not where they're from i mean now the the group has got you know one chevnian dude which is that the country that lost the war to the orcs and it's got um one valdassian which is okay so if the if if my place is france that's um spain under the moors and um shevnia is is a Slavonic country that is in the place where the Netherlands would be. Um my sense of map maping and making and ability to make cultural function is obviously shit, as you can tell by this, but um it's the way I put my world together to make it a little different, and we'll see where it goes. Um but anyway. Despite that, I've got people actively delving in the dungeon, and people have gone down to deep levels of it and confronted things way down below, and people, other people are trying to map the upper levels, and, like I said, set up taverns um, to support the dungeon delving that's going on. Um, we got some actir- activity on the outside of it, the city. And people are going to be returning to the city to do more now initially i initially had a push for some of them to go to do to, to leave the mainland and travel with the merchants back to Sahud. and i'm like seriously i'm not prepared to do all that and you know small pot small microcosms within the minor macrocosm that i've got going on here but you know my dungeon is six to ten levels deep People have only penetrated to the third, except for one group that was on part of the fourth and another group that went down below the sixth um, after dealing with um, the library of a um, mage who might have been the assistant to a lich and is now... Wandering around inside the body of a golem, much like the plated mage in Michael Curtis's Stonehall Dungeon, which is kind of where I got the idea from. Um, so bully for him. Please buy his products and particularly his new Lankmar line that he's got with uh, Goodman Games. But that, now that's about what I got up now. Enjoy the gaming however you do.